The government have uh, changed face here, and they announced today that they will be changing the autism file, which they admittedly bungled in the worst of ways, um, to back to a needs-based autism program. Not just uh, part of the program will be needs-based. It will all be needs-based. To find out how uh, Laura Kirby McIntosh, president of the Ontario Autism Coalition, uh, views this latest announcement, she joins the program. Thanks for being here, Laura. Thanks for having me. So um, let's start off with uh, what the original announcement was, because I know you are well-versed in everything to do with this file. Back in February, the Ford government came in and they announced there would be changes to the autism program. What exactly were those changes? So they transformed the program from one where it was it was needs based. A child would be assessed uh, once they were diagnosed with autism. Um, a therapy course would be recommended for them, and they would go onto a wait list. And when it was their turn, they they would get that recommended dosage of therapy. Uh, the Ford McLeod plan uh, took that and kind of blew it up and said. Instead, um, children under the age of five would get up to a maximum of $20,000 a year in funding, and children over the age of five would only get $5,000 of, uh, of funding. That came with so that came with an annual cap. That came with a lifetime cap, up to a maximum of $140,000. And it also came with income testing, which was absolutely unheard of. Um, and so, you know, it was it was the total destruction, really, of uh, of the autism program. And that's why families uh, took to the streets and protested like never before. So this happened February. Here we are at the end of July, and they've decided mm-hmm. today to announce that they will be changing things yet again under yeah. the new minister, who is uh, Todd Smith. That's they right. said they've listened and they've mm-hmm. learned. Do you feel like the uh, parents uh, with autistic kids that are most in need have been heard? Oh, that's a tough question to to answer. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Um, I mean, the the hard part is that it's taken us so long to to get to this place. I mean, your your listeners will remember we had to fight the liberals on autism policy as well. They introduced an age five cutoff for therapy, and I think part of our our reaction as a community is was so visceral because the conservatives stood by us in that fight. So did the New Democrats, but like. They all came to our, you know, our rallies and and our press conferences, and they used our kids as photo ops, and you know, they spoke and and in the chamber and did all sorts of things. And then in comes this government, and they reintroduce in in among other things an age cutoff. So we were flabbergasted at uh, at how they did this. Um, I, I think we're definitely in a better place now and pointed in the, in the right direction. But, you know, it, the hard part of it today is, yes, it's a success. Um, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. But, my God, we had to fight for this. And it didn't have to be like this. How does the, this new direction differ from the Liberals program? Um, well, we don't know yet. See, all, what's, what's been announced today is a six-month extension for the kids that are already receiving intensive service. For the kids on the wait list, all that's been announced is that the childhood budgets will continue to flow until the autism advisory panel makes its recommendations about what a fully needs-based program will look like. So, of course, the panel, and I'm a member of it, um, we're in the business of building that program. So we don't know what that's going to look like yet, um, and we're not sure when it's going to be announced. So 
you know, my heart is heavy today for, for weightless families who are basically being told, okay, we're pointed in a new direction, we can't give you any details, and please wait a bit longer while we get on that. They, that's, that's hard for them to hear. The funding has been opt. It's been doubled from three hundred million to six hundred million. And one of the concerns is that if you're going back to a needs-based program, how can you set a monetary uh, amount when you don't know what the need is yet? It hasn't been assessed. Is that something that you're concerned about? Um, I, I think the six hundred million amount should be uh, the right amount for a sustainable program. Um, I, I think also, you know, the panel is empowered to make recommendations if we think funding for certain things should be coming in from other sources, um, then, then we can recommend that. And there's definitely places where the Ministry of Health and the Ministry of Education need to step up. Um, and so, you know, if we're looking at supports in schools, I, I wouldn't be looking to the Ministry of Children, Community and Social Services to fund that. I'd be looking at the Ministry of Education. You know, if we want more, and I think we all want more mental health supports for uh, children and their families that are affected by autism, that money should be coming from the Ministry of Health. So I think we can get there. We need to be creative. We need to be flexible. Um, but uh, but the panel is uh, is doing great work. And you know, we're just going. We're just going to keep on going. So this has to be a collaborative effort. It really does. And you know, if the if the government is is serious to about the idea of interministerial collaboration, then that can't just be having the ministers stand together at press conference. It it has to to come in the form of shared funding as well. This might be an odd question, but what is one area that you think is extremely short sighted when it comes to you know funding for autism? Um, I, I think oh, that's a great question. Um, I think there's a perception out there that every child with autism needs funding to the tune of, you know, sixty dollars to $80,000 a year. And that's just not the case. Some kids do. Some kids need forty to fifty. Some kids need significantly less. And and the other thing is that needs change over time. So you know, if you do the mental math and say, okay, well, this kid's going to need eighty thousand dollars of funding, and they're going to need it from the time that they're four till they're eighteen. Well, yeah, six hundred million doesn't sound like enough. But if you look at where kids are on the spectrum, it's very diverse, and their needs change over time. And that's why flat rate funding doesn't and and can't work. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the, the biggest misconception. I think the other misconception is that this file is impossible, mm-hmm. that it's really hard. Well, yeah, it, it is challenging. But, you know, if you listen to families and stakeholders and if you, like, if you look at all the submissions that have gone to the minister about what the new program should look like, um, there's a real consensus in the autism community. You know, we yeah, we met with the the previous minister and gave her our thoughts, and she ignored all of them. You know, so if you, it's one thing to to listen; it's another to to follow advice, so, and uh, and that's what was missing the first time around. You brought up Lisa McLeod, the former minister. How much blame do you think should rest on her shoulders with the the autism uh, file? How it went south for the uh, PCs and for families in Ontario. Oh, I won't mince words here. All of it. Wow. I, I <laughs> words can't express how disappointed I am by her lack of of leadership and and compassion on this file. I I don't think I'll ever be able to forgive her. 
What about the Todd? The pain that she's caused families is just unfathomable. What about Todd Smith? How much faith do you have that this new minister is going to get this file right? Because he said he will, you know, they will get it right, and he's committed. I believe that he is. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't impress easily where politicians go. Um, I've met him. I've looked him in the eye. And I get a good feeling from this. But I'll, I'll be frank. I, on my first conversation with him, I looked at him and I said, okay, sir, here it goes. You have no reason to trust me. I'm the president of an organization that's made your government's life very difficult for the last year. And likewise, I have no reason to trust you because you're a member of the government that helped mess up this program. But we have no choice but to trust each other and to work together. And we may have different reasons for why we want to get this right. I want it because it's the right thing for children and families. I think he does too, but I think it would be disingenuous to suggest that there aren't also political considerations. But if that's part of the motivation, I can work with that. So even if we're coming at this from different angles and we, you know, we want success on this file for different reasons... Um, that's okay. We are pointed in the right direction. We want success. And, um, and as long as we continue talking to each other, we'll get there. Do you think that uh, Lisa McLeod uh, oversimplified the autism file and that was uh, where everything spiraled and went south? I think that's part of it. Um, I think also, though, she let things get personal. Um, you know, she, she got criticism, and instead of listening to that criticism, she doubled down. Um, and, and she seemed to think that, you know, if, if she stood her ground and she was tough, then that showed leadership. It didn't. It, it showed bullheadedness. Um, so I'm, I'm relieved that, uh, that she's off the file, um, that there's a new minister here. I will work with anyone from any party that uh, that wants to try to to improve services and um i just i really hope that we can get this done get it right and then not have to repeat all of this after the next election i'm exhausted so you're exhausted but you have a big job to do because uh we're speaking with laura kirby mcintosh who's president of the ontario autism coalition you along with uh other experts are part of this ontario autism panel and you'll make recommendations by the end of the summer sounds like you're not going to get a lot of rest um, and then you will give those to the government and they'll share mm-hmm. details of, you know, what recommendations they took and if they're going to follow mm-hmm. them. And you'll, you'll get the details along with everybody else on how this program will roll out by mm-hmm. fall, we're hoping. Yeah. What, how many, what does that look like when you have to offer up recommendations? Do you all kind of work together and, and get down in a room, you know, together and start to share your um, your expertise with each other? Or are you all recommend recommending um, on your own and kind of is somebody tabulating all the recommendations? So I, I actually can't comment on what happens in the, the panel meetings. Um, but I can tell you that the the collaboration in the room is really good. Uh, the mood is very positive, and uh, and we're all committed to uh, to doing what needs to be done. And who is on the panel? Do are do you, are you allowed to to tell us that? Oh, the, yeah. The the whole list of the panel membership uh, is on the uh, the government website. Um, but briefly, it's a it's a combination of uh, of highly qualified clinicians, parent advocates, autistic self advocates. Um, it's a really diverse group of people. It's quite excellent. What will it take for parents, in your opinion, to forgive Doug Ford and his government for... Oh, I don't think they ever will. 
I, I, I think Doug Ford has made a horrible political calculation here. Do the, do the political math. One in 66 kids is diagnosed with autism. That kid has parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, neighbors, friends. Um, I, you know, the, the political cost of getting this wrong is huge. So the liberals got it wrong with the cutoff. Mm-hmm. The PCs yep. got it wrong uh, with their, you know, reversing it and, and putting together a, a set amount of funding yep. based on age and income. Is this a file that is, um, how do I say this in a way that is uh, does not say, is this a file that someone can actually get right? Because you're yes. dealing with different people's yes. emotions and yes. you're dealing with people's lives. And is it not just a, a minefield, a political minefield, no, I guess? No, I, and, and, and this is my worry. I was yeah. saying this to, to members of my executive last night. I, I don't want the public to have this perception that, you know, the autism community is, somehow impossible to, to satisfy. We're no, not. and I, I certainly don't want to suggest no, that. I, I know you're not, I know you're not implying that, but you know, we just want for our kids what other people have for their kids. If your kid has a, has an illness or a disability, you should be able to go to a clinician, get a diagnosis, and then go receive the treatment that your child needs. Is it tricky? It really, it, it really is simple. Does it look? Is it? Does it look tricky though? Because we're talking about a spectrum. It, it that is definitely part of the complicating factor. The other thing is, and 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 we did a survey this year, and our members spoke quite loudly about this. There are a lot of people starting to ask, why is autism under the Ministry of Children, Community, and Social Services? Why is it not under health? Hmm. Isn't autism That's a issue? great question. Right? And the answer is complicated and has to do with the Canada Health Act and a whole bunch of other moving pieces. But, you know, <laughs> really what, what we want is, is the same thing that we want for, for all kids with disabilities. And I, that's part of a larger conversation here, right? Um, is that while we're out here struggling for kids with autism, there's, there's families of kids with other disabilities that are fighting just as hard. We need to talk about respite funding under special services at home and how that wait list needs to be unfrozen. And we need to talk about needs-based therapy for all people with disabilities. You know, really, in my mind, honestly, disability rights is the next step in the civil rights movement. You know, if, if, if it's true that they say, you judge the quality of a democracy by looking at how it treats its most vulnerable citizens, then I would say look to First Nations and look to people with disabilities, and you'll see we have a lot of work to do. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today, and I wish you best of luck with uh, your panel and the recommendations that you'll make. Thank you so much. Cheers. That's Laura Kirby McIntosh. She's president of the Ontario Autism Coalition and a member of the government's Autism Advisory Panel.